When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well met, fellow adventurers. This time we'll be doing a very rewarding quest called Kildra's Tomb. Finding your way to the long-lost tomb of Kildra was the easy part. Only in the musty gloom of the ancient crypt will your true challenge begin. And I start. The Dragon's Den, a musty cluttered shop in Gardawang's End. The rumours are true, or so it seems. Tipped off by a fellow adventurer, ranger who thought better of venturing into the end, you arrive at the Dragon's Den in search of a recently required map its props are said to be Pendling. Okay, what's the end? Gardawang's End. There are those who say that Gladwang's End is the most dangerous area of Trithic's notoriously dangerous northern district. Such sediment is not without warrant. The relatively small section of the city's northern district that is known as Gladwang's End has earned a foul reputation over years, a haven for murder, mobbery, and general mayhem. Once the stompy grounds of notorious rogue known as Gadawang, now long dead, the end remains a brutal orange of the city's vile and shadowy underbelly. This is a place avoided by nearly all, including most of the city's guardsmen. Go back. The shopkeeper, a thin, unkempt man named Lun- Lunwelt, seems reluctant to admit he's ever heard of such a map. When it becomes obvious you might be willing to purchase it, he quickly produces a furled piece of paper bound with a single silver thread. It's a subtomb or whatnot, says the thin unkempt merchant, his fingers twitching nervously along the edges of his walled map. You can't see it either. Not until you buy it. And it won't come cheap either. Please continue. According to the rumours that led you to this shop, the map, the map in question details the location of the ruins of the tomb of Kildra. A sorceress who lived and died more than 400 years ago. There's a link about Kildra. I'll read that right now. Kildra. The subject of several well-known legends, the sorceress known as Kildra was a powerful mage Famous for crafting a trio of magical wings, which she purportedly used to aid her in a study of the game. It's long been suspected that Kildra's scholarly examination of various facets of Acarnia 
was a ruse designed to hide her true ambition. That of a necromancer consumed with defeating the looming prospect of her own demise. Beset from childhood with a wide assortment of serious afflictions, Gudra sought to extend her life through the study and use of magic. Some believe the young, uh, young spellcaster Janus pursued various secrets within the realm of necromancy and became ensnared by a benevolent Edessy that insidiously took control of her. Despite the dark rumours that swirled about her for most of her life, Kildra attracted a large and devoting following of aspiring mages. She formed her own small but loyal order of spellcasters, which often finds itself at odds with the Grey Circle. And she died, a victim of a mysterious disease in the 20, at 25 years of age. Oh, wow, that's way too soon. Her followers construct constructed a hidden tomb in which to inter her body. To this day, nearly 400 years after her death, her crypt is yet to be discovered. Until now. It is thought that Kildra's three magical wings were buried with her in a hidden tomb. Some of the darker legends concerning Tira indicate that when she died, several of her most trusted followers were murdered and interred with her, so it made to serve her after death. Suggesting the sorceress had possibly had possibly achieved the ability to return from the grave. The insignia of the Order of Mages, founded by Kildra, is a coiled serpent. Okay. That's, yep. Some of the legends surrounding Kildra's life and her untimely death indicate that the Master Mage was entombed with a trio of magical wings. Tempting prize for those willing to brave the dire perils that might be found inside the crypt of a suspected necromancer. To the best of your knowledge, her crypt has never been found, or perhaps, equally likely, anyone who found it and dared enter it may have never returned to tell of it. The notion is a sobering one, but not enough to dissuade you from inquiring about the map. How the peddler came to possess... You've been told is a map that leads to Kildra's tomb beyond you. But your steadfastly determined to acquire it, if for no better reason to satisfy your own piqued curiosity, and maybe test the veracity of, of certain age-old tales. Lurik clears his throat, and the sound uh, and the sound snatches you back to the present. Merchant's prophet smile, a, a crook in his expression, prompts you prompts you to want to tackle the business at hand and be done with this place. Ask Lurit how he came to possess the map, okay. The shopkeeper strokes and immediately applies. She doesn't recall a game possession of the map. Things tend to wander in here, he says matter-of-factly. I tend to wander back out much the same way. You don't expect me to remember it all. There's, not, there's so much of it. There's so much of it, really. Inquire about purchasing the map. I'm going to ask to see the map. Look at Scott at the eyes, showing you the map. Folds his arm and shakes his hat. You can see it once you purchase. After it's yours, yours you can see it whenever you wish. Okay. Attempt to acquire the map by other means? I can just buy it, steal it. Okay. Somewhat confident that the merchant has likely employed underhanded means in attaining the map, you contemplate how you 
might effectively relieve him of his ill-got of the ill-gotten prize that can use diplomacy, divination, shadow magic, telekinesis, or law. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a go with divination because I'm sure that's how he's gonna do that. You slightly channel your power of divination, are quickly able to to do an ill felt. That Mappy's attempting to sell may actually be a cleverly crafted hoax. Convinced that his misfeelings are unfounded, you lose your cleaned insight to reinforce the pride. Just a spe- spell, short spell of gargling, the merchant agrees to part with the map for just, just 50 gold. With no desire to alert a chance to rethink things, you quickly repay him. 50 gold spent. Lewis accepts your gold and promptly hands you the furled piece of paper. Don't go getting yourself killed or anything for us, he says. Don't know that my conscience will allow me a piece if something along those lines were to happen. Stepping away from the merchant, you move, remove the silver thread and carefully unfurl the tattered piece of paper. An elaborate map, some of it quite faded, is marked in black on the paper's edged, yellowed surface. Your eyes follow the meandering, dotting path that leads you to the dense... It's a dense forest east and north of Trithic. A gruesome skull is inked onto the paper at Trail's End. You know where to find. Now you know where to find Kildred's tomb. Behind behind you, Lurik clears its throat. You turn to find the pedal appearing over your shoulder. And a rather unfortunate thing. It's fortunate to find that sort of thing on a map, he says, glancing sideways. You skull? Suppose it might mean anything. Nothing good though, probably. Well, I'm sure you know what it's all about. Suddenly, and inexplicably eager to leave the shop, you bid Lord Havel and make your way out onto the street. The instant the shop's door closes your heels, a profound sense of relief washes over you. Though you can't quite put your finger on it, you're left with a nagging and sad feeling that you've narrowly avoided something altogether sinister. Without delay, you hurry away from the shop. The map to Kildra's tomb now among your belongings. Please continue. Uh, and then uh, you can you can travel to it. Okay, I'm going to west now. Restore that one NV and, and save again, I guess. Yep, save again. All right, travel. Kildra's tomb. While making your way through the forest to the location marked on the map you acquired in Gladwang's End. As you draw nearer to what your map shows as the supposed location as Kildra's long-hidden tomb, Begin to find yourself plagued with the feeling that someone, or something, is following you. With the unsettling notion fall amongst your thoughts, you now and again stop to carefully survey your surroundings. Each time, however, the serene lud runs around you offer little to boister your nagging suspicion. Your quiet vigilance is met only with the calls of forest birds, the chatter and buzz of insects, and the watter of leaves as gentle breezes drift through the lofty reaches of the ancient hardwoods. Nothing seems amiss. Knowing yourself a brief respite as you near what you hope will be the tomb, you sit down on a large rock overlooking a shallow ravine and stare out into the tangled swath of forest that lies between you and the spot locked on the map. Suddenly, a soft feminine voice slips into your white ear. It's a voice you've heard before, though you can't immediately recall when or where. Don't turn around. It's preferred we don't see each other, at least not yet. 
Your pulse quickens upon hearing the whispered direct directive, as you're immediately aware it's the voice of your mysterious rescuer, the unknown woman who aided your escape from the bandits, who took who took you captive after ambushing the coach in which you were travelling. Spin a while, whispers the voice, and our roads are diverged, but that's but that was expected. We're still in great danger though, even if we refuse to see it. Intrigued by what just been said, you resist the temptation to spin and phase her, and instead inquire about the great danger she mentioned. This time, her whisper is delivered to your left ear. It wasn't some accidental circumstance that led you to that shop, she says, making an obvious reference to Dragon Sterling Gardong's edge. You were meant to get into that coach. I know I told you as much before. You were also meant to acquire the map that, that's led you here. Yes, the tomb is close, just over yonder a bit. Taking the liberty of clearing the entrance, hope you don't mind. You certainly won't have any trouble finding it now. You ask her how she's involved in this, how it is that your decision to seek out, enter and explore Kildra's ancient tomb is related to your decision to board the coach that was attacked. Related? The fear find, find, the whisper finds its way into your white ear. I don't recall ever going so far to say related. Destined? Yes, related. That's a matter that will be sorted out, I suppose. But not one worthy of any lengthy consideration just now. Before you can ask her anything else, her voice, barely a bold whisker, turns you right here. You almost certainly find what you're looking for in that place, he says. You're seeking her three wings, aren't you? It's quite likely they're waiting there to be found. It won't be easy. These sorts of things where you are. I might have just a spot of help I can provide to you. Here. A dull clank of a metallic object placed next to you on the what from which you've seen perks winters. But before you can turn to see what's there, the unknown woman the unknown woman's voice the unknown woman's whispering voice slips into your ear. Take it after I've gone, which is a soft voice. I think you'll come to know a use for it find those wings. I've no doubt you will. After all, unless we're very much mistaken, you're meant to do so. After nearly a minute-long silence, you realise that the mysterious woman you've now twice encountered, but never seen, is gone. You stand up and turn around, your keen eyes immediately scouring the forest in every direction, seeking any sign of the sostwa, Shogun's danger, but there is none to be had. Resting on a broad rock before you, before, upon which you were seated, is the object that was placed there for you. An engraved iron cube, almost as large as your fist. The black metal cube, each of its signs adorned with engravings of skulls, seems unusually cold to the touch. Believing the curious object may, prove some, may somehow prove useful, you carefully place it in amongst your belongings. What's the description here? Engraved skulls adorn each side of the iron cube. The cube, whilst the same side of your fist, is unusually cold to the crust to your touch. Please continue. You find yourself beset with a lingering sense of unease following the encounter with the whispering woman. Some, some of you have yet to even catch a glimpse of. There is nothing to indicate that her motives, or those of the we to whom she alluded, perhaps inversely, 
Oh, and anyway, Nefarious, something about your pair of so terrifying meetings with the woman suggests her expressions are so thank so selfish concerned my mask other carefully isn't and less well intentioned designs. Only a short way through the forest from the site of this unexpected encounter, you at last reached the spot marked on the map. There, next to several heaps of freshly overturned earth, is a set of cracked steps descending steeply and arriving at a landing before a tall stone door. Much of the undergrowth that must have previously covered this square has been hacked away and heaped into several tall piles. As she stated, your mysterious ally seems to have cleared cleared the entrance for you. You're standing deep in the forest, north and east of Tithy, at the entrance to Kildra's tomb. A set of cracked stone steps descended into the earth before, before arriving at a landing, before a tall stone door, which stands ajar. Enter the tomb. You reach the bottom of the steps and examine the tall stone door. The massive slab. Its worn surface bearing several intricately engraved symbols stands ajar. It's easily enough room for one or more people to squeeze past, or indicates that someone at some point must have discovered that entered the tomb, leaving you to wonder if indeed its contacts remain intact. Though she made no mention of it, can't help but think that the unknown woman you've now twice encountered opened the door for you, and perhaps even went into the tomb herself. These unanswered questions do little to diminish your eagerness to explore what is reported to be Kilda's resting place. With your dependable light in hand, you cautiously edge your way around the partially open door, making your first venture into the musty, gloom-filled confines of the ancient crypt. You're standing just inside the entrance of the tomb. Light from the forest outside splashes in around the partially open door but does little to combat the pervasive gloom that fills these ancient passages. In the west, a broad corridor extends into the darkness. Head west along the corridor. Let's see. We've got... Are we in a dungeon? There's alcoves to the north and south. A massive figure of iron, its square head nearly touching the ceiling, stands in a broad alcove at the back of this circular chamber. At the face of the ten, ten moth Bethim, Benimoth. Bethimoth, however it's pronounced, in case engraved on a pitted metal cube that sits at the engraved on the city's metal surface here, it bears bear, the face of the temple of Benimoth, engraved on a pitted metal cube that skirts its head, bears a hideous frozen scowl. Examining a towering feet for several moments, you turn and make your way out of the womb. Now yourself, there's another Bethimoth. Alright, suddenly. You nearly stumble over something lying in the centre of the corridor. A, close, a closer examination of the object reveals it to be a leather pack. The large bag is in an advanced state of decay, suggesting it's lain here for many years. After moving this satchel for your foot, which serves to tear a bit, you carefully investigate its contents. In the remains of the leather bag, you discover a pouch which contains a small quantity of gold. Twelfth gold. You also find two daggers and a curious piece of blue garnet, somewhat crudely shaped like a hand. Okay, there's a sturdy dagger. I'll take that. 
the other dag's inferior, and I can just stay on the floor. I have to examine, I'll, I'll kick it to the side so I don't step on it. After examining the hand-shaped piece of garnet, you carefully tuck it in amongst your other belongings and prepare to set off on your way. Hand-shaped blue garnet. This curious piece of glue box is shaped somewhat crudely like a hand. Please continue. Okay, it's, yep. Alright, there's, alright, there's, there's, there's four... There's, there's four alcoves with this with these massive iron statues in. I'm pretty sure they're going to come to life, because statues in tombs nearly always come to life and try to kill you. Usually after you usually after you retrieved whatever great prize you were going into the tomb to retrieve. That's it's it's just in the it's in the manual. It's in, it's in the it's in the best practice notes for tomb designers. Yeah, you know, you know, you know. It's, it's right. You know, there's book there. They all read. It says where how to get undead servants, how to lay out the trap, how to lay out the puzzles, how to make sure everything follows a north south alignment, or maybe it doesn't. <laughs> yes, how to. How to ensure? How to ensure that no one escapes? That no one survives to leave the tomb with vital elements to solve the puzzle without actually solving the puzzle. Because I mean that would suck, wouldn't it? You have this tomb where there if that if that person had got an escape from the tomb. This this tomb would be unsolvable. Although, admittedly, I'd have probably. I'd have pro I wonder if that iron iron's cube of skulls was probably here at some point, too. So not, but another person, slightly luckier adventurer, got out with it. Or maybe. Or maybe the mysterious, mysterious woman defeated some mighty guardian and, and got it. Who knows? Who knows? Okay, now, now it's now into the main body of the tomb. There's, ooh, suddenly, you pick a number, bonus 34, 14 from thievery, 10 from more, 10 from luck. You've got to get 75 or more. Success. At almost the last possible moment, you spot, you spot and avoid a carefully concealed trap in this section of the corridor. After carefully repositioning yourself, making certain you are in harm's way, harm's way, you spring the shed, you spring the snare, ensuring that it no longer has any chance of taking you by surprise when you next pass along the length of the passage. You watch in horror as several thick streams of black ooze suddenly pour out of holes in the ceiling, sizzling as they form a broad puddle on the floor. Thank you. You're at, thankfully. You're at, thankfully. Your actions have spared you a potentially deadly encounter with the sinister trap. For taking a few moments to search the immediate vicinity for any further traps and finding none, once again resume your exploration of the tomb. Now, alright, there's a there's some sort of alcove to the northeast. A raised block of stone dominates the centre of this small chamber. Setting the top of them setting the top of the stone block is a shallow Square impression. Engraved skulls. Formed in hideous 
area is around the outer edge of the block. Okay, I'm gonna guess Iron Cube of Skulls there. Yep, I'm gonna use that. The instant you fit the Iron Cube into the impression, a stabbing pain shoots up your arm and surges through you, causing you to gasp in agony and stumble from the stone block. 16 SP lost. Once the pain has subsided, you cautiously approach the stone block and remove the Iron Cube from its impression. I've also lost all my NV, so now I can't use magic. At least until I go to some place I can rest and then restore it. Yep, alright, I'm going to head back west. Now I think there'll be another alcove on the other side of the tomb. Oop, it's some sort of thing's turned up. Same check, it's a check again. 34 bonus, 3, 3 plus 14, or plus 10, luck plus 10. Got to get 75 or more. Success! 82. At almost the last possible moment, you spot and avoid a carefully concealed trap in this section of the corridor. After carefully repositioning yourself, you make certain you are in harm's way, you spring the share, ensuring that it no longer has any chance of taking you by surprise when you next pass along the, this length of passage. You enter as a dozen metal darts streak out of the shadows on either side of the hall, clattering sharply as they strike and bounce off the walls. Thankfully, your actions have spared you a potentially deadly encounter with the sinister trap. Taking a few moments to search the immediate vicinity for any further traps, and finding none, you once again resume your exploration of the tomb. Please continue. Okay, now this little outpost to the southeast of the main block. The way stone dominates the scent. Yeah, it's the same as on the other side, because for various, I presume it's in the Gunyan Design Guidance Manual, that tombs are symmetrical. <laughs> it's, it's just prettier that way. Now I'm going to use that iron cube of skulls in this one, same as before. Now, I've just lost 17 SB. The instant you fit your iron cube expression, a stabbing pain shoots up your arm and surges through you, causing you to gasp in agony and stumble back from the stone block. Once the pain has subsided, you cautiously approach the stone block and remove the iron cube from the impression. Please continue. Suddenly... Suddenly, a faint scrapping sound reaches your ears from somewhere far off through the musty gloom. After just a few moments, the unsettling noise fades, leaving you once again surrounded by the eerie silence of the tomb. Okay, now I'm going to pause and restore my magic. Okay, I had to go back to Twithic. But now my magic is restored. I have a... F now, tombs are dangerous. Shadows stir. The sharp clattering of a series of grim hisses issue out of the darkness ahead as the armour-clad stairs clags into, into view. The fearless undead guardian, his ragged tabard still bearing the faded insignia of his long-dead master, lurches towards you. Brandishing its ancient weapon. 
Okay, I'll fight these hisses as he slashes at me. I, I just slash. I don't, I don't need to hiss when I do it. I'll probably exhale loudly though. Or go, ha! Hoo! Hyo! Or something like that. You step back from the pile of 13 XP. You step back from the pile of shattered bone at your feet. The skeletal guardian, a faithful servant of the sorceress, both in, in life and after death, is no more. Taking a few moments to check over your equipment, you once again set off along the corridor. Your every sense on edge. Alright, now, there's also... Oh, it, it's, that, it's that trap check. Pick now. Failure, oh dear. You've just sprung a cleverly concealed trap. Before you can react, several streams of thick black ooze sliver down on, onto you from holes hidden in the ceiling above. The deadly slime weaves as if it was alive, burning your flesh as it sides down the body on onto the floor. Ow! It burns! It burns! Like that. Frantically scraping the clinging remnants of your ooze from your attire, you staggle on the cartwheel, thankful to survive the deadly snare. Although I'd be more thankful if I didn't set it off in the first place. Ooh, it's another skeletal guardian. I'm going to fight this one. And it's a particularly brutal stroke on me. Well, that's not very nice. 13 XP. Alright, there's... Oh, oh, another skeletal guardian. And this one is defeated too. I'm strong enough that, that these are easy peasy. Skeletal Guardian again. Yeah, there, there are three plus to roll. So, that's as easy as they can get. So, if, if, I, if I rose my ammo out anymore, they would not get any easier. Of course, having more SP would come in handy. Because it means they can hit me more before I fall down. A grim silence fills the twisting corridor of this of the ancient tomb. Okay, there's a little alcove to the northwest. An engraving on the south wall of the tomb depicts three linked circles inside a larger circle. Okay. Alright. It's another skeletal guardian. Ah. She had a lot of very loyal followers. Or a lot of slightly loyal followers who were quite okay who were quite surprised when they suddenly got stabbed. They got stabbed and then resurrected. Oh dear, that that I mean it's, it's a skeleton guardian again. Yeah. Thirteen XP once more, they're all thirteen XP. Now there's an alcove to the southwest. Oh, it's a it's the trap check. Thirty-four bonus. Got to get seventy-five or more. Failure. You've just sprung a carefully, con cleverly concealed trap. Thin vines of golden energy suddenly surge across the passage. Thin tines of golden energy crackling widely as as they envelop you in a deadly weaving web. 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 Minus 21 standard points. Still shaking from the powerful electrical attack. 
Your torso singed in several places. You staggered along the passage, thankful to survive the deadly snare. Now, what's this in the southwest? But first, a skeletal guardian. Yeah, and that one goes down too. Do one healing now. A sense of dread depends upon you. Your movement along the passage comes to an abrupt halt as a hideous figure lurches out of the darkness ahead. Its arrival immediately preceded by a profound sense of dread. A decayed corpse, clad in tattered leather remnants, wielding a sword with a jagged, rusted blade, moans loudly as it ambles towards you. As the undead abomination closes in, you suddenly take notice of something dangling on an iron chain around its fleshless neck. It's a piece of blue garment, shaped like a hand, almost identical to the object you recently discovered. You draw yourself into a combat-ready stance as the sword-wielding fiend, wielding undead fiend, bears down upon you, his ghastly moans echoing along the corridor. I fight the undead fiend. It lays a particularly brutal stroke for 13 damage, right, and it slashes at me. But it is slain, 21 XP. The undead foe staggers back beyond the range of the taps, gasping lousy as a thick stream of gapoos Sleep, sleeps from the, from the corner of its rotty mouth. Much you is slain. Instead of collapsing to the floor as you expected it would, the hideous creature swiftly retreats along the passage and disappears into the gloom. Within just a few moments, the sound of its laboured breathing and chilled moans fades away, replaced by an eerie silence. Oh dear. Spend the next few minutes checking over your gear, waiting to see if the undead fiend is going to turn. At last, ready to move on, you spend you set off along the passage, your eyes warily scouring every shadow. Now what's this little alcove in the southwest? An engraved on the north wall of the alcove depicts three fingers. Each fitted with a ring, beneath a much larger finger, also fitted with a ring. Okay. So there's one wing is above three wings. Okay, okay, I'll have to, I'll have to remember that. Ooh, it's that undead fiend again. A sense of dread again assails you. Once more, you draw to halt as the hideous sword-wielding undead fiend peers out of the gloom ahead, and its sudden appearance filling you with an overwhelming sense of dread, as the moaning corpse, corpse is sails towards, ambles towards you, and gaze again falls upon the hand-shaped piece of blue garnet dangling from the iron chain around its neck. Begin combat with the undead fiend. Yet yeah, it's still, still a plus three, so easy peasy. I, I even ended it on a battle wage, 21 XP. As before, the undead fiend stumbles back, gasping and hissing as, it's, as the thick black hoo seeps out of its many wounds, whittling its rotting shell with a grim snarl. The fire creature retreats into the darkness, swiftly vanishing from sight. And I check, and I wait a bit, and now I'm moving on. Ooh! Yes, it's back. A gruesome moan shouts to silence. A hideous undead fiend once again staggers out in the darkness ahead, survival filling you with a profound sense of dread. Once again, you take note of the hand-shaped piece of blue garnet dangling from the iron chain around its neck. 
as the undead foe bears down upon you. Notice, much to your dismay, as you began to mimic your combat manoeuvres. You defy the attack, the undead fiend. I begin the combat with this fiend. Oh dear, now, now it is scaled to 8 plus. And it doesn't matter how much I boost my MR, it would always be 8 plus. Even if I had 2000 MR. Which some people do. And Fiend slashes it. It slashes at me. Uh, and it is slain. But I don't think it will slay slain. 6xp. As before, the undead fiend stumbles back, gasping and hissing at the thick, as the thick black hue seeps out of the many wounds within its body. With a grim star, the vile creature begins to retreat along the passage, slowly retreating into darkness. Okay, I can use this item now. I'm going to use that, that garnet that it keeps, keeps talking about. Okay, use the hand-shaped blue garnet. You draw out the hand-shaped... Hold up the hand-shaped blue garnet. Almost immediately, the retreating undead stops and turns back towards you. Moaning and hissing as its head pivots to face the object you've boldly revealed. Slowly, it's moaning now little more than a faint murmur. The gruesome feed staggers towards you along the passage. As it closes in, the hideous creature lowers its sword and holds out its left hand. You surmise the wizened corpse wants to take possession of your hand-shaped piece of blue garnet. Okay, I'm just going to hand it over. With a piece of garnet resting in your palm, you hold your hand out towards your undead being, hoping you realise you're offering it to him. The gruesome corpse, hissing softly, lurches up and takes the curiously shaped gem out of your hand. The undead creature, its decayed hand closed around the piece of garnet, steps back and drops its sword. A sharp clattering echoes along the passage as the weapon strikes the floor. The hand-shaped blue garnet hanging from the corpse's neck suddenly flares, briefly illuminating almost the entire length of the corridor with a brilliant white light. As the light fades, the unbared dead being hisses softly and bends down, placing a small triangular object on the floor. Then, with a grim snarl, the hideous creature retreats along the passage. Swiftly vanish, vanishing into the into the gloom. Please continue. You move up and examine the triangular object left by the undead being. You discover that it's a flat piece of stone, both of its size engraved with strange symbols. Curious as to what the significance of this item might be, you promptly take possession of it. It's an engraved stone triangle. Both sides of this this flat this flat triangular stone bear strange engravings. After taking a few moments to make certain nothing else is lurching is lurking in nearby darkness, she once again set off along the corridor. Gonna heal myself a couple of times. Now there's a little there's a passageway going to the west out the middle, I think. There's something there at the end of this passage. There I go. As you approach the stone arch at the western end of the corridor, a profound sense of fear washes over you. 
despite the inexplicable and overwhelming terror assailing you, you feel compelled to continue towards the arch. Suddenly, the stone triangle of possession begins to tremble. Drawing up the curious piece, you hold it in front of you and begin to step forward. With the engraved stone at arm's length, the rising fear that seem, seems poised to consume you ebbs slightly. Pick a random number. Spo- 20 bonus from spirit, gotta get 50 or more. Failure! You manage less than half a dozen steps along the last span of the passage, for the fear of sailing you overpowers you, overpowers your will, as you stumble backward, desperately, to, desperate to move away from the arch. An intense burning sensation erupts in your hand and rapidly spreads throughout your body. Twelve stamina points lost, and healed from, <laughs> bewildered, winded, and bewildered, but thankful to survive whatever dark magic is at work here. You draw to halt to a halt at a seemingly safe distance from the art, and spend the next several moments contemplating your next move. Okay. As you approach the... Oh, I approach the arch again. Same check again. Failure again! Oh, dear. 8 SP damage. Okay. Here we go. Alright, it's the same... Third time's a charm, correct? And it is! Third time is a charm! 14 experience to general. With each step taken, the stone triangle trembles more violently, and the, and the fear of sailing you diminishes. Suddenly, the engraved piece crumbles to dust in your hands, its remnants slipping through your fingers like sand and scattering across the floor. Oh, that was a valuable ancient artefact. The last vestiges of, of the terror that threatens and can consume you melt away leaving you with what you can only describe as a renewed determination. Emboldened by having conquered whatever insidious forces were at work here, you continue to the end of the passage and into the chamber beyond the arch. Please continue. A stone sarcophagus, devoid of any manner of ornamentation, stands on a raised dais in the centre of this large chamber. Various engraved symbols, all of them arcane in nature, on the walls. Their complex and your, their order and placement suggest they form a series of complex patterns. Examiner sarcophagus. Of course, someone is going to rise from that sarcophagus. I mean, I don't think I don't I think I don't think I can recall ever looking in sarcophagus and not having the dead rise from it. I mean, I mean, it might have happened once, but I don't recall. Examine the sarcophagus. Standing on the top tier of the dais, you closely inspect the sarcophagus. A single, intricate symbol is engraved in almost the exact centre of the burial box's heavy stone lid. Suddenly, a sharp crack runs along the surface of the lid. The entire dais trembles. Okay, I'm going to step back from this. Treat from the sarcophagus. You quick, swiftly ascend the dice and move away from the base. The tiered plinth begins to tremble and the little sarcophagus begins to rattle. Then, just as quickly as it began, it all ceases. Nerving silence falls over the chamber. Suddenly, without warning, the little sarcophagus spins up into the air and strikes the ceiling, splashing, shattering upon impact, 
large chunks of the destroyed slab fall back into the chamber, crashing down onto the dais. Good job I retreated from it then. Drawing yourself into the defensive stance, you fix your gaze on the figure rising out of the stone sarcophagus. Standing atop the dais, clad in flowing black robes and seen untouched by the passage of time, is a tall skeletal figure. Who is at once that you are now in the presence of Kildra herself? You brazenly remain in place, unwilling to yield ground to the undead sorceress. You've come here seeking my wings! Issues a low, wavering voice from seeing vegetation. They're not yours to have, Defiler! There is no plunder to be had in these halls! Her voice, ugly echoing off the walls. I can't hear it because I, I don't have... You can't hear it because I don't have echoey walls. Fills you with a profound sense of dread. It's the next sound, however, that makes your blood run cold. A long howl, followed by a cacophony of grim snarls, suddenly fills the chamber. You turn towards the unnerving sounds to find two large skeletal hounds stalking into the gloom. Have a faithful, hisses Kyodra, stepping down one tier on the dais. Feast on this wretch, my pets! With a startling speed, the skeletal hounds bound forward and attack, growling savagely as they tear at you with a long, jagged flance. Wait, did she kill two dogs so she could have skeleton dogs? She better not have. She better not have. Yeah, she killed dogs. Yeah. Yeah. I draw a line. A dog hurting. They better have already been dead. Begin combat. One of two skeletons. The undead hound snaps its jaws at you, and a savage bite from your enemy tears into my flesh. Oh no! And that's and that's just, and that's just mean to a dog. Having to bite things when they don't even have a, have a stomach for the food to go in. Oh, you've slain your foe. 13 XP. The second skeletal hound lunges at you, continuing a savage, frenzied attack. Begin combat. I, it snaps its jaws at me, but I slash it. Ooh, I finished it with a special attack where my weapons strike the foe with unfathomable savagery for 80 extra damage. You've slain your foe. 13 XP. Stepping away from the shattered remains of the two hounds, you cast your gaze at the arch entrance through which sides, sides, strike a trio of sword-wielding skeletons. A chain-glad undead. Members of Kildra's elite guards, long ago murdered so they could be entombed with the sorceress, hiss as they advance upon you. As Kildra descends another tear on the dice, you hurriedly position yourself to face her vile minions one at a time. The first skeletal guard. The skeletal guard slashes at me while also doing a brutal stroke. Slashes, and I slash 
Slashings all round. I win 13 XP. As the first of the skeletal guards, skeletons crumble into a heap of bone. The second of Kildred's armor-clad guards staggers up to take his place. And I fight the second one. He did another brutal stroke. It is slain. 13 XP once more. Ooh, that's a bit unlucky, isn't it? The third skeleton steps over a maze of its fallen cohorts and attacks. Hissing wildly, it swipes it with its decayed blade. Begin combat. God's guard slashes at me, but I slash back. Ooh, it is a brutal stroke for 16 damage. Fortunately, half of that healed. And I'm going to do a bit of healing now. There we are. With a final ragged hiss, the last of the undead sorceress's skeletal guardian. Guardians collapse into a heap of bone. Kildra, her movements more fluid than you might otherwise expect, steps down off the last tier of the dice and raises her white hand. A faint blue aura appears on the tips of her splayed freshness digits as she thrusts her hand towards you. It's a check. Got a bonus of 60, 20 from aura, 20 from spirit, 20 from body. I gotta get 100 or more to pass. Let's see. Success! Your flesh ripples and a powerful wave of nausea washes over you. As, as Kildra's dark magic assails your defensive, of this sensing your success in saving off this minute's bass, the undead sorceress lowers her hand and steps back. Determined to reach Kildred before the undead sorceress is able to unleash more of her deadly magic, you rush forward to attack her. Before you can reach, however, she thrusts both of her bowed arms at the floor, and a broad wall of bone appears to block your path as you draw to halt, momentarily perplexed by the sudden appearance of the gruesome obstacle. The bone wall swiftly encircles you and begins rapidly closing in. Driven by desperation, you valiantly attempt to fight your way out of the vile stare. You now fight a wall of bone. Oh dear. Skeletal arms and hands reach out from the wall of bone. Oh, wow, that's creepy. And... It did a particularly brutal stroke for 17 damage. Yes, yes, I'm trying to dodge all these arms and hands, but they keep popping out. But I'm getting lucky so far. You have slain your foe. 39 XP. Your final blow, when there's a wide, jagged tear in the wall of bone. Leaping through the opening, you immediately rush at the skeletal sorceress. Behind you, remnants of the bone barrier collapse into a large heap. Kildra again raises her white hand, revealing a faint blue aura surrounding the tips of her spray finger. With a screw fist, this, she thrusts her hand towards you. Random number, bonus 60, 20 from aura, 20 from spirit, and 20 from body. Gotta get a hundred or more. Success! Your flesh ripples and a powerful wave of nausea. Rises up from within you as Kildra's potent magic works to ravage your being. Despite the intensity of the attack, you manage to stave off the dark magic's more devastating effects. 
Her movements suddenly slow and erratic. The undead sorcerer lowers her hand and staggers back several steps. Taking advantage of what you perceive to be her weakened state, you rush forward and attack the skeletal source, the skeletal sorceress, determined to prevent Kildra from releasing any further magical attacks. At the foot of the dais, you overtake the retreating fiend. The undead maid spins to face you, her fleshless hand weaves in orbs of crackling golden energy. You boldly engage Kildra, undead. Alright, gotta fight her. Kildra swipes you with her energy encased hands, and I'm being struck by a powerful attack for 21 damage. Oh dear. I keep fighting, I keep slashing, slashing, slashy, slashy, slash, slash. Slain. Urgiating speed. Kildra stumbles back and drops to one knee, hissing wildly, before you can strike her again. The undead sorceress returns to her feet and lunges at you, her energy entwined hands swiping out with deadly precision. Begin combat with Kildra, the undead, again. Oh, oh. She swiped at me with her energy entwined hands and did eight damage. But now I strike back that much harder. Yes. Uh, and down, down, fight. And she is slain. Well, I don't think. Is she slain? She, she, she's temporarily. Her attack is temporarily halted at least. 38 experience. Now I heal. As Kildra prepares to fall back, seemingly about to collapse, you spring forward, prepared to strike her a final decisive blow. Suddenly, however, the skeleton torse twists to her left and spins to face you. As she does, her bone hands come together and a broad arc of blue lightning erupts from the centre of the fleshless union. With a roar, with the roar for its thunder shaking the chamber, the lightning streaks towards your chest. If I had fortification, shadow magic or telekinesis at 70 plus, I could use them. But I don't, so I can't. I'm just going to have to dodge. Please continue. You die forward in a desperate attempt to dodge the deadly arc of lightning. Alright, I got a bonus of 130. 24 agility, 100 from body and 10 from luck. i got to get 75 or more. So it's a guaranteed success. Success! Your swift reflexes have likely saved your life. The blast of lightning, your blast of lightning streaks past, come within less than a foot of your prone form before striking the wall, where the resulting blast gorges out a large section of stone. You leap to your feet and defiantly step towards the undead sorceress. The skeletal mage, her movements markedly slower and more rigid than they were only moments ago, raises her fleshless energy encased hands as you rush into melee range. As you launch into attack, the ghostly, glowing visage of the young woman suddenly appears over Keldra's left shoulder. Finish it off! Free me! This is the spectral face, its lips barely moving as it issues its desperate directive before abruptly vanishing. Okay, Keldra, I'm fighting you! Because you told me to! Ah, 
Keldra swipes at you with her energy-encased hands. Or at least, Keldra, I say, making air quotes. Because there's something else here. Something mean. Something that doesn't belong in this world. And something I'm going to kick out. You have slain your foe. 37 XP. A deep silence descends upon the, on the a deep silence descends upon the burial chamber in the wake of Kildra's demise. You step back from the robe skeleton of a long dead sorceress and cast your gaze about the crypt. Nothing stirs in the musty gloom. For that you are profoundly thankful. A stone sarcophagus, devoid of any manner of orientation, stands on a way's dais. In the centre of this large chamber, the shattered remnants of the empty burial's boxy lid are strewn about the foot of the dais. Various engraved symbols, all of them arcane in nature, adorn the walls. Their order and placements destiny form a series of complex patterns. The rogue skeletal remains of Kildra lie heaped in the far corner. Search Kildra's remains. I guess she moved. I guess we moved during the fight. Because previously she was at the foot of the dais. Well, I mean, a lot of stuff's happened. Search Kildred's remains. A search of Kildred's remains turns up a small wooden box tucked into a pocket on the inside of her robe. Your pulse quickens as you slowly remove the box's lid and behold its, con- behold its contents three engraved stone wings. You immediately take possession of the three legendary bands. The Serpent Fang Wing. That gives two Miller rating, five Stanima points, and two Neville Reserve. This enchanted stone wing is adorned with the carved likeness of a large serpent's fang. This is one of the three legendary wings long ago possessed by the sorceress Kildra. Serpent Coil Wing. Two millerating, two stamina points, and five Neville Reserve. This enchanted stone wing is carved to resemble the coil body of a large serpent. This is one of the three legendary wings, long ago possessed by the serpent Kildra. And the serpent head wing. This enchanted stone wing is adorned with the carved and somewhat ghastly head of a large serpent. Five Milo waiting, two Stanoma points, two Neville Reserve. This is this is one of the three lings long possessed by the sorceress Kildra. Please continue. Suddenly, startled by a soft hiss to your white, you'll whip your head in a direction of sound, only to be confronted by an eerie, unexpected sight. Hovering inches above the floor is the shimmering phantasm of the young Kildra. The greenish light animating for her form splashes across the floor, extending to creep over her remains. It has been done, she says, gazing longly at Corporal Soph. I can no longer protect what I cannot possess, but now three can be one. It is a choice only you can make, and answer you are only fit to mine. One you must abide. 
I am freed of that which consumes consumes me. I need nothing else. In the presence of Kildra's disembodied spirit, he feel none of the fear that um, that her more earthly form inspired. Indeed, you sense a resigned benevolence in the subdued dominion of the ghostly sorceress. Place the wings on the floor, and they shall become one, she turns. The three you've taken are not worthy of my legacy. The one will be Kildra, gaze fixed on you. He says softly, a phantasmal image flares brightly for her, then begins to fade. Make your choice, my time goes short, she says, her own voice waving. Keep the three, or create the one. Realising you won't have another chance to decide, you hardly contemplate whether to keep the three wings you already possess, or do as Kildra said, and somehow have them become a single wing. Now, let's see. Hmm. I think those two carvings we saw in this tomb indicate that I should have these wings fused together to make one uber wing. And then that'll, that'll, give, that'll free up my other fingers, three other finger slots, to put even more wings on. <laughs> place the three wings on the floor. You place the three wings on the floor and step back. The shimmering phantasma of the young sorceress floats forward and hovers above the trio of snow banks, bathing them in, in a lurid greenish glow emanating from her ghostly form. And so the three shall become one, she says, her voice low and unwavering, as if pronounced cause and expend a new due proportion of her rapidly pleasing mastery. May the one be greater than all. Please continue. A brilliant flash of green momentarily obscures the three wings. You instinctively turn away from the binding glow. Behold, for now is where is one, in place of the three in those kidras. It is yours. Yours alone. You turn back to find a single stone wing, scarved into the likeness of a fearsome serpent, its massive jaw stretched wide, now west on the plots, formerly spot formerly occupied three stone bands. A soft twist sis draws your case to Kodras. The sorceress's ghost is fading from view. And with me must go the, this place, she says, a tone suddenly wonderful. There are secrets hidden in the dark corners of this place that must never be learned. Take with you the one piece of my legacy not beset with shame. Seek out and come to know things greater than those which tormented me. Kildra's apparition is now barely visible. Only a few thin, glowing strands of her phantasmal form remain. Hovering above the stone serpent wing. Some suddenly a violent tremor surges through the floor, nearly shaking you off its feet. It will all come to ruin issues Kildra's voice from seemingly all directions as the last traces of her vanish. Leave now and thank you. A second tremor shakes the chamber. Several large stone cracks appear along the walls of the room. The chunks of stone drop from the ceiling and shatter on the floor. Without hesitation, you snatch up the wing 
and rush for the arch, determined not to become not to become buried in the collapsing tomb. Kildra's serpent wing view. Oh my, fifteen melee ranging, fifteen stamina points, ten Neville reserve. This enchanted stone wing is carved to resemble a fearsome serpent. The massive jaws of the carved serpent are stretched wide, revealing a set of deadly fangs. This remarkable band was formed out of the with essences of Kildra's three lesser wings. <sighs> that, that is, well, that wing boosts my my Emilio rating by as much as my sword. Whoa. And it boosts my stamina points by just one less than my Uber armor. And that 10 NV is really, really nice. It, it's, it's a super wing. It's, it's just super duper. It's such a cool wing. Yeah, see, I'm going to put it on my finger right now. It, even though I'm facing my death in this tomb, it's going on my finger. Now take off the spiked iron wing, which provides a puny 2MR, and replace it with Kildra's serpent wing. Yeah. Now I am strong! I am mighty! I am tough! I am magically skilled. With the floor beneath your feet beginning to buckle, you dash through the arch and out of the passage. Tremors surge beneath your feet and chucks and dob rocks and other small debris rain down on you as you hurry to escape the collapsing tomb. You gotta give me some warning. Or oh, admittedly, you were fading fast. I don't think you could have. Okay, but... Maybe you should have faded less fast. Or set some timer. Yeah. Look, look. Look, well, well whatever. Ooh. The pa the passage quakes as the low rumbles built swiftly builds to a a deafening roar. Chunks of stone, some larger than you, topple down into the corridor, smashing into the bulking Bollocking, buckling floor. Bo let's say a bonus of 40. 20 from agility, 10 from body, 10 from luck. Success, 60 or more. Success! You twist, trump, stumble, and dodge your way along through the falling stone, determined to avoid meeting a gaff, grisly fate in the lonely dark of the collapsing tomb. As the tremors momentarily subside. You gather your wits before hurrying off along the corridor, eager to reach the entrance. All right, I'm gonna take go right down the middle. Will that work? Oh, it, it does. It does. Oh, that, that's convenient. I thought something would block my way. That don't make take a long route, but nope. Okay, I'm going past these alcoves. These things are so gonna to come to life now. I mean, it's your last chance. Otherwise, you, you just sit there for no reason. Just ahead looms the entrance to the tomb. Oh, 
yep, gonna heal myself first. Something's gonna attack me on the way out. Just the head. With the with the floor beneath you weaving and buckling, realize it's only a matter of moments before the tomb completely collapses. With that unnerving thought driving you onward, you sprint towards the exit. Suddenly, within just a few strides of the door at the end of your passage, when a massive shape lurks out, lurches out of the opening on your left, you turn to find a towering iron golem stepping into the corridor, his metal joints creaking and groaning as he rises his giant fist and swipes at you. I've got a bonus. Pick a number, bonus of 30, 20 plus 20, luck plus 10, success, 50 or more, pick now. Failure! <laughs> the golden swipe doesn't land flush. Force of blow is enough to carry, to carry you back into the wall, driving the wind from your lungs and dashing your head against the unforgiving stone. Alright, 37. Standing on points lost, momentarily seeing double, your entire body aching, you struggle to remain upright as the massive iron construct swiftly bears down upon you. Please continue. The groan of metal grating upon metal fills the passage, echoing wildly through the musty dark darkness. The iron golem repeatedly swipes at you. This massive fist, more than capable of crushing you with a single blow, begin combat with the Iron Golem. It swats at me. Swats. Yeah. <laughs> Stone. Stone walloping arm tap. Tactical strike. Something like that. That's what it stands for. Exactly, <laughs> it doesn't. It's just, it's just a regular word. It keeps swatting. I keep slashing. Good job, my, good job my sword is magical. Otherwise it'd be really blunt at the end of this. Your enemy smashes for your defences with a devastating blow for 23 damage. I have slain this foe. 72 experience. The series of reverberating groans. The iron golem collapses into a heap at the centre of the passage. Its fall sending a tremor the length of the corridor. Without a moment sit today. You turn and rush towards the exits. The tomb continues to collapse around you. You reach the door at the end of the passage. Okay, one more heal now. Thankful to find that daylight from the forest above still streams in from the jaw ajar slab. In around the jar slab. Suddenly, several massive chunks of stone drop from the ceiling. The weighted fragments of the crumbling crypt smash into the into floor on all sides. Random number. Bonus of 40. 20 from agility. 10 for body. 10 from luck. Gotta get 60 or more. Failure! One of the falling pieces of stone. Easily twice your size, grazes your left side as it crashes to the floor. Heal from that. 27 stamina points lost. Bloodied, but miraculously still on your feet, you stagger forward and slip round the end of the open door. With the sound of the 
the shattering slabs still ringing in your ears. You rush up the stairs into the welcome light of day, eagerly inhaling great lungfuls of the, of the crisp, clean, forest air. And it's never tasted so good. You take, you take open a few, you've taken only a few steps away from the top of the stairs when several low rumbles rise out of the earth, their muffled bellows likely pale in comparison to the roar that must have surged through the collapsed tomb. Following on the heels of the rumbling, a series of jolting quakes nearly shakes you off your feet, and a billowing cloud of thick grey dust erupts out of the moor of the ancient crypt, polluting the forest with foul, with a foul, lingering stench of decay. As the quaking subsides, you warily return to the opening through which you just emerged, only to find it is now completely filled. Kyoto's long-hidden crypt is now forever lost, unless we get some miners. Also, Crowy men. Or maybe we just a few a few trolls. They could probably pick that clean easily enough. But as I think it's generally a war with these things. If if the uh, if the entrance is collapsed in, it's assumed to be buried forever. Because apparently people have never heard of mining and quarrying. But I'll just say, yeah, let's just say everything in it is now ruined. Yes, yes. And so even if there were secrets in there, they'll be all they'll be all broken and all the all the writing will be split over so many fragments. Yeah, let's just say, yeah, let's just say it's now forever lost. Okay, please continue. You spend the next small while in the immediate vicinity of the collapsed tomb, checking over your equipment and recovering from an incursion that ultimately proved more packed action than you could have possibly anticipated. Despite not being able to put many of the quip's ghoulish perils immediately out of your mind, you take Hollis and having explored its ancient passages and emerge with this legendary treasure, Kildred's serpent wing. Wing. As the afternoon wanes, you decide it's time to head back towards Twithick. The wilder places of the world aren't usually safe when separated from the light of day. Besides, there's a particular curfew you're keen on observing. Right. You, you take a last look around and, and turn to strike out through the forest, vaguely retracing the steps that brought you here. You've only gone a few yards when your eyes are drawn to the trunk of a massive oak, pinned to the bark of the ancient forest giant with a thin metal spike to curled, furled piece of yellowed paper. With, with curiosity tempered by intersectoral awareness, you survey your surroundings before... Or snatching the paper from the tree and unrolling it. Scrolled across the surface in the dark ink are two words. Nicely done. You puzzle over the nightly source and meaning of the cryptic note all the way back to the city. In the days that follow your adventure into Kildra's tomb, you settle on the notion that the same woman you've now twice encountered, who you've never once seen, is most likely the person who left the note tapped to the tree. 
while that may serve to reconcile the source of the note, it does little to answer the many questions the two timely run-ins with this unknown person have raised. For now, it seems that identity will remain a mystery. One you vow to somehow, at some point, unravel. Several months later. Several months later, after your excursion is equipped, you're seated at a table near the fire of the Hogs Horde Alehouse, a ramshackle establishment of somewhat dubious disrepute in the forgotten corner of Alderstone's northern section, section, sector. An obnoxious band of four young men, drunkenly boasting among themselves, suddenly began loudly discussing their plans to find and weigh Kilda's tomb. Undoubtedly, most, mostly for the benefit of those patrons within earshot, the brazen talk immediately snares your attention, bringing to mind a scheme of your own. As the group prattle on, taking it in, de- in detail about the looming meeting with a woman to sell them a map to the tomb, you rise from your seat and show over to them, ready to put your plan into action, or they with a little harmless fun. The four men look up as you approach the table, carefully study you with eyes that betray a rapidly advancing state of inebriation. Before any of them speak, you produce the map that led you to the forest too, place it on the table and unfurling. Tell them to save their gold for more ale. To a man, they appear dumbfounded. Without waiting for them to respond, head, you head for the door and step out into the empty street. A light wind bearing the magnificent aroma of freshly brewed palo, drifts along the lane, beckoning you to follow it to its source. Guided by a scent both unmistakable and enticing, you turn into the breeze and head along the lane, never lot once taking note, notice of your lone, steadfast pursuer. Alright, I got what? Two, four thousand and ninety-seven experience to general, and five hundred and twelve experience to all skills and powers. That is this quest complete. I'm gonna west. I'm gonna save, and now we. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.